Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume. The stuff you are insatiable for, the stuff you find truly bingeable. You guys, today I have drag artists, philanthropists, activists, one of the legendary queens of San Diego, and she's just wonderful. I love this person so much dearly and respect them. And that is the one and only Glitz Glam. Hello. Hey, hey girl. Hey, I love hey. that intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my, my little wild intro. Um, it's just, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's the brand, if you, so to speak. <laughs> it's very you. It's very you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if that's a, if that's a good thing. Um, but <laughs> it is a fabulous thing. We need more of you. I hope so. Just wanted to like kind of get to talk to you about a few things. And the thing is, and I brought on a few of like the girls that you know, like like uh, Grace Towers and some of them. And something I realized about you that like, I don't really know how you got your start in drag. Like I know that you started in Florida, but like, yeah. okay. And I know I've seen the old pictures of you being a fishy queen. So mm-hmm. take, take us down that little journey real quick. Educate me. Girl, well, the dinosaurs had just died off um, from the, the, the meteor. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and South Beach was still molten lava. Um, you know, uh, God, I, I haven't even thought about the beginnings in such a long time, how to put it into um, a structure. I think for me, um, I was, we're going to just go right into it. I was diagnosed with HIV at 19. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I was told this was 1997 and doctors told me I had 10 years, 15 years lucky if I was lucky to live. Ugh. You know, um, it was a 25 pill a day regimen. Um, wow. I would, you know, it was throwing up blue foam. I love how this is all starting. Um, blowing. This is where we're <laughs> going. Up. It's it's all this good. We're going. We, we, we've had these, you know what I mean? Like I've had psychics on and I've had doctors on and all that sort of thing. So I think this is a good thing though. Cause you know, there is a bright, a bright day and the sun does come back out and it shines for you. But, but thinking about the late nineties and the whole situation, I mean, like, I think we as gay men, we kind of look at HIV now as it's like it's like diabetes. You take a pill and you're you're good. And the thing is, is but not in the late 90s, you know, like they were still getting to the medications that we have now. And the thing is, is and I just think that there wasn't as much um, of a push, you know, to solve AIDS, to solve HIV no. back then because it was a other disease, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So, And it was making Big Pharma a lot of fucking money. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it absolutely was. Which is, 25 which is the whole horrible dark side of it. Um, you know, but I think, you know, my alter ego was born out of, uh, you know, it, it, it was a shield for me. It was a way for me to escape the reality and the darkness that I had a death sentence. Um, and it's really, you know, it's it's sad to think that's where my drag came from. Um, I, I respect it and I appreciate and I'm grateful for my journey. But it my drag was really created out of a real dark place. And that's why it was, had to be so 
bright and glittery and fabulous. You know, I first started just playing with designs on my face. I would just make a like a glitter butterfly mm-hmm. around my face. I remember going to this <clears throat> club. What the hell was it called before it was Sea Monster in Fort Lauderdale? I mean, uh, it's where uh, Marilyn Manson got his start. Like he used to perform there on stage before he even had his name because he's from South Florida uh-huh. and it was very grungy. And in all that grunge, I was like this glittery, bright light, you know, and people just started calling me um, glitter and glitz kind of evolved from glitter. And then I was just more of a club kid. I then kind of wanted to be a little more fishy, a little more uh, feminine, a little more glamorous. And I adopted the last name Glamour. So I was Glitz Glamour for a good portion of my career, the first 13, 14 years of it. Um, And I would, I just believed drag was the extreme exaggeration of every female part. So my corset was 22 inches. My heels were eight to 10 inches with platforms. My wigs were big, you know, my lashes were long. It, it just had to be an exaggeration. And I, and I fell into this, uh, you know, really glamorous kind of embodiment. And I also questioned my gender at the time. I, I, pretty much was booked seven days a week often. And I used to live with this straight thug from New York for, for she years. Put, she I put quotes, really, quotes under quotes. around straight. <laughs> well, I did. I did. You know, he was tattooed, you know, neck to toe from New York. His name was... Oh, shit, I probably shouldn't say that. We'll um, bleep it. We'll bleep it. We can bleep it. <laughs> and, uh, you know... I kind of lived as a female and I really considered transitioning. Um, But I think I was kind of feeling that for the relationship. And after the relationship ended, I went back more into performance, um, did that for many years, obviously in Florida, was in the longest running drag cabaret ever in South Florida, um, Life's a Drag at Voodoo Lounge, um, which many huge names have come from, you know, Latrice Royale, um, uh, any South, uh, Rebecca Glassclock, many, many of the South uh, Florida queens came through there. And really just grateful to have that experience. It honed my craft, you know, girl, doing a back to back three to five performances every Sunday for 13 years. You learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't it go ahead. Oh, but you know, keep going. What were you saying? It wasn't it wasn't until I moved to California um that I kind of morphed into this androgynous, more masculine, bearded, bald, beautiful version of myself. And I dropped the more and kept the glam and glitz glam was born and is here to stay. I love that so much. Like, see, this is something that I've, I've never really, I, I never knew. And so, and I thank you so much for sharing that with us. And it's just, it's, it's amazing though, to think about how, <laughs> All of this came from trauma. I just had Eric Benson and Roman on recently from their trauma podcast, you know, from, mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. Tragic Mess. And, yes. and their whole situation is, is, you know, that they talk about, you know, trauma and then how that, you know, like leads to change and those sorts of things. And then even with you, that you were dealing with this traumatic thing and that something beautiful did eventually come out of it, but it was an escape for you, you know? And I think yes. 
Um, my show is called Bingeable. I know how to escape. Um, I will run into whatever I am watching, whatever I'm consuming, like, and just kind of like, you know, turn down the lights and let me focus in on something. And that you focused in on this art form. I don't want to unpack too much of the trans thing because we will be here all day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, totally. It was just a down. blip. Yeah, so it was a blip, and the thing is, is in, but you were also searching. You were young. You were just kind of, you know, you're going through the through the regiment. And I think a lot of times it's like gay men too that if we don't fit into that standard of this is what a man looks like, then we're kind of like, well, am I not a man? What do I need to search for something else? So I mean, like that's a whole a whole thing there. But I'm wondering though. I'm going to flip this a little bit. What helped or what did you take in? What did you consume? What did you see maybe in the clubs that helped inform what Glitz became? You know, like what, what were you looking at? Did you look at any media? Did you watch Party Monster? What was, what was your thing? I mean, definitely Party Monster spoke to me. Uh, but I was always the fringe. Like I never quite fit in with the South Beach crew. I never fit in really with the pretty girls. I never was like a full club kid. I've always been just kind of on the outskirts of all of the, the little groups, you know, mm. um, which just really cultivated me and my uniqueness. You know, I, I'm a very loving, empathic and compassionate person, which is also something that is not necessarily seen backstage and with the girls, you know, it, it can be a very cutthroat business. You have to have a thick skin. You have to be bitchy and sassy at times. You have to be very in control. And, and I never felt like I was ever in control to be honest mm -hmm. with you. And I was never really the bitchy, sassy one. I, I don't know how to, I, I just, I'm just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just me. I understand. But that, I like definitely party monster was an influence. Um, well, just, just, just the nightlife, just the music, just the sound, just the, the release on the dance floor. And, and I loved the attention and, and just getting up on the go-go block and, and, and sharing my light, my sparkle, if you will. Absolutely. You do vibrate at a different frequency, I think, than, you know, a lot of people. And I think it, like, cause we've known each other for like 10 years now, maybe. I think, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's been a minute and even kind of mm -hmm. seeing your evolution from when I first moved here until now. And the thing is, and I do look at you as somebody who young people do look up to you and you have taken a few people under your, under your wing and you can kind of see, and, and, and you do also, you hold a hand, but you don't handcuff them to you. You know what I mean? Like you'll show them the way you'll say, here's, here's a little, this is, this is, this is what will work, blah, blah, blah. But if somebody decides to run the other direction into drugs or into, you know, just something that's maybe self-destructive is that you have to let go of that and let that person find their journey. And so I think that that's kind of, I've seen that heart of you firsthand, even from the periphery, you know what I mean? And so I think it's, it's very, very genuine. And, and, um, which is so funny because you do, you put on this level of mask and mask, M-A-S-K, um, and mask of, of, uh, of glitter and the, and the look and everything. So you look like this, this out of 
orbit being this gender <laughs> fuck, this something extra that every that has a light that everybody wants to get near, wants to take pictures of. I will admit to you right now too. When we did, um, I think it was the last one of the last ones of uh, Drag Me to the Dell, that the mm-hmm. program that we did together, and you it's always, you know, we wanted to make sure that we have drag queens that were local as well as, you know, pulling people out from outside. And you were one of the ones that was always on my list of like, we need to bring Glitz Glam. And at first, you know, upper corporate and people who don't know drag, they just didn't understand. And they're like this, well, she's got a beard. She doesn't have any hair, but I was like, you don't understand. There's a level. And then when you showed up and you performed and you had the big (laughs) feather backpack on and I think you did a George Michael song and everybody just lost their minds. And everybody was like, I get it. I get the Glitz Glam thing. We are all signing up. And I was like, this is why, you know, this is why we we need this. We need this extra energy around and this extra something that kind of like oomps. And you don't have a look that necessarily says that like you listen to Madonna every night and that's where you got your look. You know what I mean? Like you're a Britney Spears person because we see that now is that you see that people have got their, I'm, they watch Selena, they're all into Selena. So they're going to look like Selena or now they're looking like the drag Queens off of drag race. And that's a whole nother story. But so like, (laughs) did you, did you find your face, you know, were, were you just playing or was it just kind of, you know, that you wanted to emulate anything? You know, I feel like all drag is um, like drag droppings and little bits and pieces of other queens because you see like an element to a face on another queen and you just think, oh, that's so beautiful. And I, you know, and you kind of work into your look. I mean, uh, I always my my huge arch comes from the fact that I can't find my arch, my crease. (laughs) (laughs) So like, um, I have such a heavy brow bone that I have to like create this ridiculous arch because I can't find the crease. And the reason I don't wear eyebrows is because I just, I suck at drawing them, you know, (laughs) and it just kind of morphed into, I'm just not going to fuck with them anymore. And this is me eyebrowless with a crazy crease and give me the cat eye. You know, Uh people say, Oh, Trixie Mattel and stuff like that. Or, um, uh, mostly it's tricks tricks Michelle. I get Sharon needles uh, prior, you know, w- prior to the beard, but you know, it, it's just like little bits and pieces. And I mean, the long eyelashes I did back in the heyday before they were even popular, I yeah. was doing, you know, huge paper uh, eyelashes in South beach. It was definitely a trend. And I think I may have picked that up from either Connie casserole. I think it was Connie Casserole or no, Damien Devine actually was wow. the first queen that I, the first Queens I ever saw was Damien Devine and Daisy Dead Petals. And they were really big inspirations. Daisy we called Dead it Petals. Freak Drag. Daisy Dead that's Petals. my that's best friend. Still, that's my bitch. That's a name you still hear. Like, and the thing is that's, that's South Florida, like legends. <laughs> Girl, icon, EOY 1998, 90, yeah, 1998 winner. Um, just an incredible talent, comedic, uh, makeup wise, styling. I mean, just everything. She was very club kid freak. We called it freak dragon South beach. Mm-hmm. That's what we called it. You know, the, a lot of the girls were very plus, but no, you know, no tits, you know, shave legs, no body. It was just raw. It was hot. It was sexy. You know, it was I never time. had that raw. It was <laughs> absolutely, you know, I had my moments, but like I'm a hairy bitch. 
So like, yeah. so am <laughs> to I. save this body, <laughs> uh, I, I would be, I would have tits and a pussy now if I could grow hair on my head and, and have no hair on my body probably, but I'm very happy and content in the, <laughs> in this androgynous gender fuck um, body of mine. Absolutely. You also, cause you say too, that, you know, you, you kind of span things because I know you also in the leather scene that you have, you yeah. know, there, there's, there's a leather sensibility to glitz glam as well that, um, it's a respect to the old guard, but it's completely rock and roll on the top of its head, which is so fun. So like it's, it's. Um... That definitely came here in San Diego. When we moved here and we opened Mankind way back um, in 2008, when it was down on Fifth Avenue, you know, uh, oh. my husband uh, had already been involved in leather back in South Florida, working at Leatherworks. So when we came to San Diego, we really wanted to bring it into the store. We were an adult retail space, but we wanted to bring in the, the leather. Um, and he had a workshop and, uh, you know, he's still to this day has a business in Leather Love and leather he love creates SD, harnesses. Yes, baby. <laughs> um, and I, we really got involved. Of course, uh, he went on to take title of uh, Mr. San Diego Leather 2010 and third, uh, second runner-up at International uh, Mr. Leather in Chicago. So we were very involved in the leather community, pretty hardcore for a while. And that really brought out this kind of kinkier, grittier, um, fetish fetish kind of version of myself that I really enjoyed because it gave my masculine boy persona like some validation, you know, because I always never really thought I was an attractive male. Um, and when I was able to delve into kink, delve into fetish, you know, I realized that it's just, there's just so many different shapes, sizes, and and, and I found beauty and in, in, in just myself within the leather community. I used to be scared of it, you know? You, leather guys are intimidating Very. but once you get to know them they're all kind of like big drag queens on the inside well, because I, leather I've, is a drag i've said that too yeah like leather is drag like and you can't like you know you get to put on something you are cosplaying you know what i mean like it's just and it's and it's to cosplay to amp up that little extra piece of you um I've talked about it on here as a dancer, you know, as somebody who, who dances in these bear clubs and, and leather nights and everything else. And I knew this just from when I was a twink dancer that you have to turn off certain parts of your personality to be able to get that uh, confidence to jump on top of a box inside of, you know, and be the center of attention for that moment. And the thing is, but at the same time, you have to turn up other parts of your personality, you know what I mean? So when you're in that leather space, you're turning up the masculinity, you're turning up the hoe, you're turning up, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 a little bit more aggressive, you know what I mean? Like, or you could be turning on the more passive because you might be aggressive completely in your day life. And then now all of a sudden you're back in the leather community and you're like, I want to be a sub. So it's like, it's, it's cosplaying, mm -hmm. it's cosplaying yourself in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so, and it just, it makes, it makes all the sense in the world that somebody of your persona um, your touch and your your heart that can find a place in that leather community because it's something too is in leather and kink is that it's about connection you know what I mean Absolutely. I think a lot about connection and communication and it's something that I think that is very lost and when people look at it from the outside and so somebody now that you've kind of expounded in my mind and just kind of into where your drag was informed from 
this dark place and now pulling it into the now. It really, it makes all the sense in the world. I totally mm. get it. <laughs> you so, get me, you really do. <laughs> I do. I was wondering too, like where all have you lived? Have you just been to Florida and, and San Diego or have you been anywhere else? So I'm a uh, uh, New Englander. I was born in Connecticut. Calvin what? Street, Connecticut, a little town. Yes, yes. Um, I got the fuck out of there as soon as I could at 17. Um, I enrolled in Johnson and Wales University and I lived in Providence for about a year and a half, um, going to school for fashion design and uh, this is management. blowing my mind that you were like amongst <laughs> this New England uptight. Everything is so different. And then like to see you burst out of that. I never girl. knew that you, I didn't know that you're from Connecticut or like in that you went to school in New England, like in Rhode Island. Yeah, That's bitch. We, uh, you know, school didn't quite work out. Like I just never had been a school person. I had some really traumatic experiences there. My first night in the dorm, my roommates uh, were talking about how they were going to uh, hang me from a bed sheet and kill me, throw me out of the window. Oh my and God. Uh, it was, it was pretty much constantly horrible experiences in college. I mean, I had my nightlife there too. I was like a shop boy at Generation X. I would do all the clubs there and, and mm -hmm. so forth. And I had a lot of fun too, but it like, it pulled me away from schooling. I, my grades were just, you know, average. And then I did an intern internship. And uh, I remember buying a dress for my mother and the professor made a like a remark saying, oh, are you going to wear that, Jesse, the professor? And then they wanted to kick me out of my internship three days before the summer term was over for wearing boat shoes because they said Ugh. that was not appropriate for work. But to kick me out at the end would have meant that I had to pay back the entire summer, you know, all the money that was part of the internship, like, yeah. like $6,000. So I went to the freaking dean and I'm like, uh-uh, honey, they came for me. I lied and said my mom was a lawyer and that I was going to sue them. <laughs> they took care of my entire summer. I just left the school. A friend and I on a wing and a prayer took our backpacks, got on a ferry and went out to Nantucket Island. Oh. No place to live. We lived, we slept on a on a bench one night and then we snuck into each restaurant there has a dormitory for their employees because they all just uh -huh. come in during the summer and we we lived in these dormitories in secret and uh i worked two jobs uh i, I was a, a salad cold prep cook at a restaurant and a, an assistant innkeeper and i worked like 80 hours a week did a lot of cocaine and uh ended up getting in a, a cottage and buying a car and uh, spent the summer there. And then the winter, everybody went to South Florida. So mm -hmm. my friend Andre and I drove down to South Florida and I fell in love with a, a Puerto Rican with a huge cock who ended up giving me HIV and oh, <laughs> uh, stayed there for 17 years, uh, three years in Miami, the rest of the time in Fort Lauderdale, and then moved out here in 2008. Wow. So you like binged around the three of like the four the most extreme corners of the country. <laughs> if I could afford San Francisco, I would ping that too, but I'll just visit it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, oh my God. Like, it's amazing how like resourceful that you could be because you had to be, you needed to escape your situation and oh my God, you need like a movie of the week glitz. Like, like this whole, I'm, like, I'm working on a book. 
<laughs> oh my god please do like I'm not so, all that glitters is golden honey <laughs> not even it's, sometimes it's living in on a bench you're stable now you have a nice relationship you're 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 oh you, my god. Been, you have a great job you were you you're one of the people who are over there at the mose universe and so one of the management team there which is if you guys come to san diego and if you don't know mose then you really didn't visit san diego um it's just what it is. And so it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And it's, it's amazing to see how much has blossomed all these things that, for you. So when you go home at the end of the night, what is the glitz glam? Where do you escape into? What are you, what are you putting on? What are you watching? Are you a silent person? Let's come home and sit in the dark. Lately, it's been more silence. I feel like collectively, you know, the world has gone through this trauma of COVID and it's hard to silence everything at times. And I'm trying to stay away from the TV. Um, you know, home is time with my husband. It's quiet time with my husband. It's just laying in bed, you know, and, and thinking about the day and, and thinking about the next day. Uh, it's not, it's not fab. I mean, people, I know it's so crazy. People think of what I am or what I do. And I'm just, you know, I'm a pretty quiet and I keep to myself for the most part. I'm a pretty private person. Um, I'm a, actually I'm a, <laughs> I, I myself, like I'm essentially like people, like I, I run home. You've been to my home. Like I, I'm a housewife. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I, I love very your much. home. Thank uh -huh. you. But, but I have like that kind of a thing that people think that, Oh, it's going to be like, ah, and then like they get to my mm -hmm. house and they're like, Oh, everything is wood. Everything is very like it's very calm in here, and you know that kind of a thing. Um, like my girl, I'm in bed by nine p.m., honey. Unless I'm working, I'm in bed. <laughs> See, my partner is in bed early. Like he's he's like at ten o'clock. He's all done with it. He's wrapped up and he's he's done. We do. Um, we are people though that when we eat together, we'll get like trays and sit in the, you know, sit in the living room and watch our like little programs and just kind of have like our little moment. And so, and it's we, just one of those. We do dinner at the table now. We don't even watch TV. We like to, to sit at the table. We talk about our day. We, we only get um Tuesday right now, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights really together. Cause we, we work separate kind of schedules and um, hopefully that's changing soon. Uh, mm -hmm. But we try to, you know, uh, make the most of our of our small pockets of time together do you guys appointment watch anything together do you guys like do, do you guys watch any series or anything like the same you know um when when they come on you know we there are there are ones out there i i, I can't think of anything i mean there's so many I, we've seen so many uh what did we watch last Cause like my, my partner and I, like we did the whole, um, on HBO plus we did the flight attendant that I wasn't allowed to watch that without him. Like I had to like, you know, make sure that we were watching that together. Like I couldn't watch ahead. <laughs> so yeah, we totally have series like that, but like, I'm the type of person, like I watch something and I completely forget. I have so much going on in my head. I completely forget what I've watched. I can watch the same movie over again. Know that I watched the movie, but have no idea what's happening next. I don't know if that's a disorder. <laughs> um, it's if ADD, it's a blessing honey. or a curse. It's, it's oh, ADD okay, and age. It it's ADD and age. That's what it all comes down to. So what okay. is your favorite movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Um, I have a lot of favorite movies. That's hard to choose. Um, uh, uh, the sweetest thing I love the sweetest thing. It's back on right now. You can you can stream it again. I just watched it the other day. 
So did I. The other day. It's easy. Right. And it's green. Ew. Sorry. You're too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. Uh-huh. I love upbeat fun comedies. I love romantic comedies. We we tend to stay away from um, horror. Uh, horror gives me nightmares. I can't watch horror. Um, really? You know, I can't. Um, uh, and see, and I would have thought know, Blitz Glam was a horror, like watching American Horror Story and all that kind of thing, and you are not. I do love American Horror Story. I can do some of it, you know, but uh-huh. I, I will get nightmares if I watch it too late. But in general, we try to keep it fun because I think it, for me, I'm just very influent. I can get very influenced and okay. uh, sometimes be taken to a dark place. I'm going to give you a new thing. So like, cause you, so that means you probably don't have like a relationship with reality yeah. series. Do you watch any reality television at all? Mm, no. I mean, yeah. other than Drag Race when I can. Okay. So here's the one that you need to watch. It's on Hulu so you can catch all the episodes and everything. And it is the fluffiest, stupidest thing in the world. And it's called Pooch Perfect. Have you heard of this? Mm, I've seen the ads, but it's, I haven't it's, watched it. It's, it's Rebel Wilson, and she's the host of this grooming competition for dogs. So it's basically Project Runway Drag Race, but for dog groomers. You know what I mean? And, um, and I love it. That's been something that's been cute that we've been watching just because, yeah, there's so much going on. And when you have so much stressors and everything else coming into your life that sometimes you just can't put on that really, really heavy thing. You know, Um, I had an issue with like, I couldn't watch Handmaid's Tale this season until like more recently that, you know, like last week, I finally like caught up on it just because the boys were going to be on. But I, um, but like, like this Pooch Perfect, that's one of those series that you just kind of put on and it's whipped cream TV. It's so much fluff. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think- I the do same- love um, uh, uh-huh. Shrill. I do watch Shrill. Yes. Uh, Are you on I'm this new season? loving Shrill. Are you yes. watching the new season? Okay. And uh, yes. How, how far and, are you uh, in the new season? I think we're like four- Okay. four or five episodes in i just <laughs> i just love her i just finished like episodes i think it was six or seven girl the whole six and seven you will have a big smile on your face you will feel so good it was like i was like this is what i'm watching this for Eighty brian is a it's like amazing she's wonderful and like in the storytelling in it but that's become one of my new favorite shows um i've been on it and like this new third season is just everything mm-hmm. so, and legendary i've been watching too uh i mean you? i love the ball scene yeah mm-hmm. I, I love watching legendary although i think the judges are a little weird sometimes <laughs> they, <laughs> they have, have bias and favorites oh they totally do and like what is her name shannon balenciaga when she showed up and they tripped in that first episode and the thing is it was like you still gave them a they 10 gave across the board right like I think they yeah. got one nine right i was like yeah mm-hmm. And then, like, if this was ice skating, <laughs> that would have been a, a point deduction. If this was, like, some other kind of a sport, a big, so they they love her, you know what I mean? And, and so Right. I do see that. I will say, though, like, when the new season of Legendary is that, you know, you can tell that they shot this during COVID because there's no audience. But they did a pretty mm-hmm. good job of, like, giving you that energy, you know what I mean? Of, and, like, and all the camera shots, though, are so weird. They're, like shooting Jamil Jamil's like shoe like <laughs> just so they don't have to show the background because they're like afraid right. to show that there's no audience there so uh-huh. I need to catch up though on all the loo on, the, on all the legendary that's kind of going on right now um I do mm. love that you that you're 
watching like shrill like that's something that surprised me <laughs> no really yeah Love have, it. there's have, so i mean i watch a, i watch a lot of shows i like i just can't think of any names off the top special <laughs> on netflix is another one i would say go for oh, oh yes their new the new season just came out i i yeah. can't wait to watch the rest of that he's I, amazing love it I, I started it last night with ryan connor you guys so special is a show on netflix it is with ryan connor and he wrote directed he produces this whole thing and he is a gay man living with cerebral palsy and so and the whole story behind it is is all with that and then uh Punam Patel is in it, who I absolutely love. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's a great look into the, what their relationship is and how he's dealing with leaving the home is not only just, he's a, he's a gay man who has the support of being gay from his mom, but not completely on being able to do everything himself. And like, and now he has, mm -hmm. he's dealing with that and growing up. And so it just, it gives you a whole different perspective onto to life. And I think it's another thing that, you know, it's a place where you have this trauma and that you create this art and you create this something for people to hold on to that, mm -hmm. you know, it makes all the difference in the world. So are, how, are you it's, far in that season right now? I haven't started the new season. Oh, it's so good. Start, start watching. I started yeah, I last can't wait. night. Yeah. I put on episode one last night. I was like, Oh, I'm here. <laughs> like, I just saw it pop up last night and I was like, Ooh, ooh yes. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's gonna, it's gonna fill my like void for a, like a couple of weeks here. I mean, you know that much. I tend um, to binge and I just watch the whole season, like in two or three days of whatever it is I'm watching. And then I'm done with it. <laughs> I understand that. And then you kind of forget everything. And then it kind of comes back yep. to you. I will rewatch mm -hmm. things though. Like, and so like with, with like special, the first season, and I watched it by myself, like binged it through. And then I was like, I told my partner, I was like, Anthony, you have to watch this. Like, this is, it's, it's wonderful. So then we watched it together. So I got to like, so it kind of made a little bit more of a lasting impression. That one and um, Bonding, have you watched that on Netflix? Uh, which one is that with? I know the, the, the dominate, name. The, dominate, the dominatrix and the little ginger who does comedy. Yes, yes. Love yeah. that. Love New that. season of that came out recently, and so it's oh, and I just I just binge watched um, uh, 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 um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, really? I haven't. It was good. I haven't watched it yet because I just kind of I, I did this thing after WandaVision where because WandaVision was everything. Um, I couldn't get into it. Oh, really? Isn't that oh, crazy? I know. I oh, watched like two season two episodes, and I was like, mm. oh, see now you got to go jump back in now and know that like okay. Fourth episode, everything turns on its head because they're setting up for the big reveals. So I would say jump okay. back into WandaVision knowing that. So I watched it and um, we did a little special here on the show about it. And it kind of opened up and I was like, I need to rewatch the Marvel. So I'm actually, so before I watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, I've taken into watching all the Marvel movies again, but in timeline order. So mm. there's a special thing on Disney Plus that you can watch like phase one, phase two. But if you watch it in timeline order, you're like watching like Thor, then Captain Marvel, then this, because you're watching it like the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. Like, so you're watching as it progresses. It's very interesting to watch it this way. And it's reminding me of things. So now I need to jump into Falcon and Winter Soldier at some point. Mm -hmm. were, you, were you happy with the whole... New captain, or what? What's your thoughts? Um, you know, I I have no deep thoughts about it. I was never a comic book person, <laughs> so like I don't <laughs> even know the backstories. You know, I I you know like I have friends that are like hardcore, of course, Kixie and Dorian, my friends. Um, 
So I, I didn't have any expectations. I, I thought it was great. I thought, I love how they really tackle like race issues and, you know, that you can really relate to what's happening in the storyline to like being very, uh, very current and what's happening today and, you know, dealing with uh, viruses and mutations and, and everything. It's really interesting how they're able to weave the story together. Mm-hmm. I think it gives us mm-hmm. something, it gives us a, a, um, a starting point, but then they just kind of take it somewhere else. So then we have a, we know what's going on, but then they, they create this narrative, you know, with, with everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. So <clears throat> I'm wondering, has Glitz Glam like ever walked out of a theater because something was so terrible? <laughs> yes, once. Well, okay. I'm, I'm sure maybe more than once, but I walked out of Batman. The original? I don't remember which one. It, I don't know which one it was. I don't uh-huh. remember which one it was, but it was one of the Batmans. And we just, we, we couldn't take it. And we just left. <laughs> it's so funny. The dichotomy of like, you watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but then you walked out of Batman. You were not having. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. I was just having a bad day, but we both must have been having a bad day because neither of us really cared for it. <laughs> That's so funny. I wonder if it was the Joel Schumacher, Batman and Robin with, with, Uma Thurman and all that because that one was a little bit wild. Mm, mm, no, I don't think it was that one. Go back and watch. If you go back and watch that though, I recently, you know, because we watch everything during this time of like being stuck at home when everything was yes. shut down. So I was watching like the the Batman stuff and the one with Uma Thurman. That one, the and the bane of it all and everything, that is so campy. And you can see Joel Schumacher was basically saying, I'm gay, but not, you know, with all like the close-ups <laughs> of the butts and everything. But you should go back and watch it only because Uma Thurman does this burlesque number in it in a ape costume that she eventually takes off. And it is one of the best, most stupid numbers. And I don't know why drag queens or burlesque girls are not redoing this. Like, you know, I, I actually toured with a girl and um, I tour from time to time with Cirque Le Soir. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the burlesque dancers, we went to Putacana a couple of years ago to do Halloween. And she did, she came out in this big gorilla outfit and she strips it down and she's wearing like this little banana, you know, skirt, fringe mm-hmm. skirt and like, you know, coconuts. And she takes everything. It, she, she did it. And it was fucking amazing. I actually think I have video of it. I'll have to send it to you. It was, yes, it was sick. Do. Like, it's one of the things that's just like, why aren't people doing this? This is perfect. And so, it's like, <laughs> it's just like the Glitz Glam should do this. That's what I'm thinking in my head now. But yeah. <laughs> One of those moments. It's funny that you would have walked out of like a Batman. I think I've walked out of, oh my God. I walked out of like Angels in the Outfield when I was like younger. <laughs> like I remember like we did like the $1.50 movie theater and we went and I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And then I like snuck into something else, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, like I haven't, I don't know if I've walked out of a movie myself. I have, you know, you do, you do turn things off, you know, or sometimes I'll hate watch something and it's like, I just need to see how this is going to end. Cause I can't take mm-hmm. it. I do that with a lot of the Godzilla mm-hmm. movies. I have not been able to get into those. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just like to watch movies for the special effects and the, the theatrics, you know, that's kind of the, cin- the cinematography. I like, 
I like the colors. I like the flashing lights, you know, that's what I'm watching. I, I don't always connect with the storylines and half the time, I don't know what the fuck is going on, what? to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's just too much running around in my head that I can't absorb it. I just, you know, kind of zone out and watch. focus so and i feel and i and i honestly i feel weird about it because people get so into movie lines and they're able to like you know dissect the protagonist and the antagonist story of it and i'm just like huh (laughs) i saw she was wearing a yellow dress (laughs) right exactly i said that cute that was a cute outfit i loved her hair you know that's what i'm looking at like the makeup the hair you know that's what i'm into that's so funny. So then you really do, you just, you kind of abandon all when you watch like something. So it's just kind of like you go into it with just wide eyes and just what are you going to absorb from it at that moment? That's, mm-hmm. that's so funny. Like, um, okay. So you work over at Moe's and you, we, uh, yes. you hear tons of music all day long. So that's something that I'm yes. Are you a Madonna head? What's, what's, what's your, what's, what's, I mean, I love Madonna. She's my queen. She will always be my queen. I can't stand that people are tearing her apart for her, her new look. I think if she, I think she looks beautiful. I think she's morphing into Pete Burns, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) A little bit. She does look amazing. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. She looks amazing and I love her. Um, I've, been to a few of her concerts and of course she was my wedding singer. So (laughs) (laughs) our wedding singer. Yeah. Okay. So that's something I, we can talk about that real quickly. So Glitz, you got married on the Grammys. We did. We did. It was was an incredible experience. By Queen Latifah? So it was during a performance. Um, It was, you know, they reached, they wanted to show support of equality in California. It was right during the time that, you know, uh, you know, gay marriage was right up there and and they wanted to show support. Uh, So we did a performance of Same Love with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. And during it, uh, Queen Latifah came out and uh, Anthony and I, along with well, there were 36 or 35 couples the day before for rehearsal, but the day of only 33 of us showed up. Um, oh, <laughs> we all had a mass wedding and it was just, um, it was a mixture of gay, uh, lesbian and biracial couples um, that got married together. Um, and of course, Madonna was our, was our wedding singer. It was a really incredible night. Um, you know, uh, I'm, we couldn't afford a, a proper wedding. We were just having our parents fly out in April of um, that year. But we had, I had seen a post on Facebook, you know, looking for people to share um, their story, looking for gay, lesbian, biracial couples to share their story on um, a uh, major media platform. And I was like, okay, the drag queen and the leather man. I think that's a pretty interesting honestly, story. So I just, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I wrote to them. And then on Christmas uh, day, 2013, they called and said, Hey, do you two want to share your vows on the Grammy stage? And I was like, okay. And uh, it just kind of went from there. <laughs> that's huge. Did queen Latifah like actually sign your, wedding yes license yes so you have, have so her, you have her sign her, we her. have her actual name and her new jersey address oh <laughs> her my home God. address um on our wedding um on our wedding documents and yeah 
God, that's like that's like pop culture history, you guys. Okay, like that's like a moment of like pop culture. Like that's legendary. That's huge. Like you guys were part of like a real moment that when change was happening and that it was visual on the Grammys and that's such an institution like you know ABC and like that whole you know what I mean like it's a big deal. So, and I remember that happening. I, just, I remember it was like, it was very, very cool. And seeing you guys like backstage, you know, like, like the, you know, the footage when we were watching the Grammy was like, I know Glitz, like I know her, you know what I mean? Like. It, it was surreal to this day. It was surreal. I mean, the amount of celebrity that you come in contact with, I've always, you know, worked in the industry. So I've worked with many celebrities, all the big names, you know, I one-on-one, I've met them, you know, quickly and so forth. But when you're in that stadium and you're surrounded by the fucking A-list of Hollywood, you can't help but to feel the energy. I mean, Ringo Starr high-fived my husband and Katy Perry, and we were coming around the corner and there's Jay-Z and Beyonce. And my husband was like, he just froze. And he was like, a foot away from Beyonce and she's just standing there with her hands together. And she's like, congratulations. And, and I'm like, babe, come on. And I'm like pulling on his hand because they told us how important it was to keep going. And like every second is timed for the Grammys. And, you know, Jay-Z just reached his hand out and he was like, congratulations guys. And shook his hand. And it was just a moment. It was really beautiful to feel the love from those people as well you know despite what politics say and you know what's right and what's wrong they were there for it and there was love in that stadium so much love that's so huge that's that's awesome and that you guys you guys you had you had a beyonce moment not everybody can say they we had did. a beyonce moment and then yours was and better because sh- it was jay-z and beyonce <laughs> so, mm-hmm. i mean yeah. there everyone was there when we met the osbournes the whole entire family backstage you know ozzy shuffling along and uh-huh. <laughs> uh, kelly and, and all of them and, and i love sharon and they were so sweet and everybody took time to to say congratulations and how much they supported us uh neil patrick harris was doing backflips for us in the back halls while we were waiting julia roberts i mean just everyone it was and they all stopped to tell us congratulations and how uh how wonderful they thought this moment was because it was all under wraps we weren't allowed to tell anybody we couldn't even tell our parents what was happening um because they were so scared of uh of you know the christians coming out and boycotting which once um that morning we were finally given the green light to say stuff to our family and to let our friends know, watch the Grammys tonight. And within minutes, they were picketing the Staples Center. Within minutes. Yeah. What a, mm-hmm. what a like, oh, that Westboro Baptist Church and the mother ones. Like, it's just, Girl. don't you guys have anything better to do? Like, come on. <laughs> like, like, why can't we just, you do you, I'll do me. I'll respect our boundaries. I mean, I don't necessarily believe in what you believe in, but if you believe it, and you are are good with it, then then so be it. I have no problem with it. Why must you inflict your beliefs on me? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just uh, I, it does not register or make sense to me. And I just maybe we're just differently wired. I I just I, don't get it. But I think it is. I don't I, I I don't know where those type of people like completely come from. And just when you look at that. Like, you're you're wasting your time you're spending time on something that you know 
are you really making a big difference? Like go and- No, and there's just so much hate behind it. And you're supposed to represent this God that is all loving. Mm-hmm. Where is all this hate coming from? You know? It makes it's no just, sense. It's strange. Yeah. So you guys, speaking of love and everything. So I know that you and your partner, you guys have done, um, oh my God, I'm going to get this wrong. Meatball turkey day <laughs> dinner. Is that what it's called? But is that, was that, was that yeah. what it was called? So it you was guys meatball have, turkey day dinner. Yeah, so you guys <laughs> I can't have, believe you guys, that's a- yeah, you guys used to do that. And then, the, so you guys, you guys have always been involved in like the community and you guys have always kind of like given back to, you know, San Diego as a whole. And it just seems like um, two people who, a drag queen and a leather man, have this utmost respect for the community and they get it back from them. And so, where do you, where did that start with you? Where did, when did you decide that you just needed to be involved? Listen, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in paying it forward and, you know, uh, and, and, and securing that if ever I'm or we are on the outs or down on our luck, I hope that there's someone out there who would, you know, help us out. So I want to be and we wanted to be there for other people, you know, so it was very important for us. And it was also a requirement of his, um, of his title to, to start these events. I had never done events up until then, you know, I, I formed at events, but I never organized events, but we went into it knowing that the center, and I think we had done mama's kitchen one year, maybe special delivery, the center, um, we just really, we wanted to give back to a community that was just so amazing. And that's where it kind of born from. And I think we went five years, we did it. Um, but it, it, it's a, it's a large undertaking to put yes, on a, a freaking buffet style, sit down, drag cabaret dinner for 500 people, you know, <laughs> it's a lot but it, but it, <laughs> and but it's it, exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But it made it very difference. rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. It did. It did. And, and so- a lot of people's lives. And I still continue to do a lot, you know, uh, being altruistic, I think, is very important for people, and I wish people did more. I wish people got more involved in their communities because, um, you know, it's time to do good and it's time to lift people up and be better. Absolutely, it's it's funny because, like, you know, I look at my friends and I'm just like, you guys. There's so many ways that you guys can get involved. I find my um, my bailiwick is more towards the children charities and that sort of a thing. Like, I just have a heart for. A, a, abuse and, and, you know, child abuse prevention and that sort of a thing. Like Homestart San Diego was one of my, you know, I, I, I chaired that for a couple of years here in the past and it really does make a difference in your own life. You know, that you, Absolutely. when you can help other people and that you can, um, that you can step back and it's, you know, you always have that thing with you're, you're an artist that, you need to like complete something during the day. You need to step back and say, oh, I did this one thing. If it means that you you organize the space or whatever. But when you get to do something and you get to rally the troops and do good for people in mass, you know, there is a real different satisfaction, a different kind of um, place that I think it puts you in your heart and everything. And so I just think that that's, it's always been commendable that somebody who, that I look at you as somebody who is just, flash and pizzazz and all this like ah and then all of a sudden it's like oh she's she's gonna go feed people right now you know what i mean like oh she's she's putting backpacks together she's doing this you know that kind of thing so it's just i appreciate it and i really really uh, and and i think that you have set like a standard for uh, and i think a lot of other queens and a lot of just general people in our community that i think it's just i i appreciate it and i know that um 
there's other people I think that also see it. And so it's a good thing. Glenn. It's, it, it, there's, there is an immense amount of love for you that I think that comes from people and around and everything. And there's, it's big respect. You know what I mean? It's like, so um, I'm so happy that you're you cry. To, oh no, I'm not, don't, don't cry. She's not wearing any eyeliner yet. You guys, so she can cry all she needs to, but like, but still, but, but I think it's, but it's a good thing, you know? And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here and, and just kind of wanted to tell your story a little bit more, just because we look at people and you look at a picture of you, you guys, bitches, she's on the back of a bus. Okay. With like a fruit thing on her head. Okay. Like here in San Diego that you'll be like, I was driving, I drive to the park to get to my office. And I remember there was like a whole like month that every day I saw your face on the back of one of those like <laughs> tour trolleys that tours around San Diego. And it's like, uh -huh. so you, you do get, you, you are given opportunity and you always match it with your level of like, you know, of your, of your artistry. So I think it's just something that, you know, thank you. You are truly a bingeable person. And that's why we had to have you on Bald and Bingeable today. So you guys, Jesse, what, or, or, I'm sorry, Glitz Glam, I will, I'll take that out. But Miss, Miss Glitz, um, do you have anything that you want to promote right now? Anything that's going on? I know you guys just had your first Vax for Vax dance party. <laughs> like, we did, you know, uh, as always, uh, I promote Urban Mo's, you know, come on out. Uh, it, it's an experience. We are a different kind of environment. We believe in creating memorable, long-lasting experiences for our guests. So I definitely invite you to check us out. Uh, check out our new restaurant. Um, we took over the Bobo and Taqueria space next to Flicks is our new venture uh, with Mo uh, Gratton from Gossip Grill and Stefan Chicote from uh, Baja Betty's. And it's going to be amazing. Uh, that speakeasy space is beautiful. Uh, we were very fortunate to be offered, um, you know, an investment opportunity there. So I'm excited to be really involved with the Mo's Universe umbrella now. And uh, there are more things coming in the future. So get ready for a fucking kick-ass summer. I can't wait for it, you guys. And they have like they have an event space, you guys. Like we now have like a Mo's like events. I think they call it the boardroom. Is that what it's called? Or the boardroom, and it is yeah, it is so beautiful. Hey, you've been back there. I'm sure. I have not been back there, but oh. my one of my best friends does all of your Joelle. She does all. She does Joelle. all. Of your, oh, I love yeah. Joelle. So oh. yeah, so Joelle from Moxie. So you guys look look for mm -hmm. look, look, yeah. So. Um, she does all of our graphics and everything for our company. And so, and, and I know that she works with you guys. And so, and she's one of my best, yes. she's here in my backyard, you know, not today, but she is often with, with her dog and, um, just seeing the, all the new stuff that you guys have going on. It's so exciting. And that you guys, like it, the Mose universe, it is, it does sit in a different place. I think when, when it comes to establishments in like in a neighborhood, you know what I mean? Because and it's, it's kind of like an extension of of what everything I believe in, you know, Chris Shaw has done so much for this community and, mm -hmm. you know, we do so many events and we donate so much for this community. And that's really, you know, one of our core values is community well, and, we, and, and each the, and every step. And the loyalty to the employees. That's another thing too, is that you guys do have a loyalty to your employees and employees have a loyalty to you guys because um, you can just see, I've, I've, I've personally seen firsthand some of the people that have 
started working with you guys and just see how their lives have exploded into so much more positivity and so much more stability. And then you guys are given opportunities when, when a new place opens up that, hey, do you guys want a little piece of this? Do you guys want to, you know, which you don't always see, you know what I mean? There's Not a lot anymore. of people. It used to be, but yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but I think a lot of managers and a lot of these big companies, it's, it's, it's all feeding the big, you know, the big boss at the top and everybody else is just kind of a worker bee. And with you guys, no. there, there, there is an ownership that goes there. So I would say everybody, please do visit one of the most universe. If you guys, there's so many restaurants too, inside out gossip grill, you know, like there's just, you will find something that you will love. But if you guys go over to the, um, Urban Moe's part of it all, <laughs> you guys will find Miss Gliss Glam. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes dressed as a hot lovingly boy. called, <laughs> lovingly referred to as Gigi. Gigi. Okay. So you guys, Gigi, <laughs> where, Gigi, where can they find you on uh, online? Where can they where can they follow you? Well, on um, Facebook, I'm Gliss Glam sixty nine. Uh, Instagram, I'm Jesse underscore Glam J E S S E, and Twitter, I'm Gliss Glam Diva. Wonderful. So you guys make sure that you guys are following Glitz Glam on all the platforms. You guys, I'm wrapping this up because she's about to jump onto Facebook. So you guys can catch her at 11 a.m. Is it every morning? Um, I it, I typically do it Friday through Monday all mm -hmm. the time, unless I'm out of town. And uh, once in a while in between, I do 11 minutes with glam. It starts at 11 a.m. And at 11, 11 a.m. collectively, we all send good vibes and uh, positive energy out into all of the inhabitants of the world in hopes to raise the vibration of our planet and get us out of the yuck, honey. It's a reason. To, it's a reason to tune in, you guys. Like, so make sure you guys check out GGTV. Like, that's yes. what they call it. <laughs> like, so GGTV. Check, yeah. So please <laughs> do check out GGTV. Check out Glitz Glam. Find her on Facebook. You guys will find those 11 a.m. 11 minutes with glam. They're wonderful. Find her on Instagram. You guys will find her on my friend list over there. So thank you so much, Glitz Glam. This has been another thank episode. You, yes, absolutely. This has been another episode of Bald and Bingeable. My name is D'Angelo. Make sure that you guys find me on Instagram or Twitter at D'Angelo Gogo, or you guys can find me on TikTok at D'Angelo. Thank you guys so much and good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level.